ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it is a special day after Halloween edition of the Sharpening the Squares College Football Podcast. I am your host, as always, Baru, and on the line with me, live from Latvia, it is Magoo. Magoo, what's going on? Live from Latvia, Latvia, excuse me, Latvia. Shout out to Riley, our only one and only listener here. Riley, oh, go out and, Well, hopefully you're uh, hopefully you're unitizing on our plays, and you can take the wife, the lovely wife, out somewhere nice, treat her something special, courtesy of the Baru and Magoo Plays podcast. And don't worry, sports fans. Uh, this is the second to last week of the contest, so you only have is that two two more episodes, Magoo, and maybe oh, like one more. Settle down, settle down. We're That's gonna good. keep it going. Sad. No, we're gonna keep it going throughout the rest of the college football season. Eh, if we have a losing week, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you were already out last week, frankly, because on that <laughs> Thursday pod, frankly, you were yeah. you were Apathetic. so disenchanted. You were so disenchanted from the three and four week before that you then saw the standings after our five and two week, we went two and two, you signed off for the year. I had to text you at midnight that night. Hey, by the way, you know, we ran the table with our night plays pack 12 after dark and now you're playing music and you're back in this. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just go wherever <laughs> the wind takes me, Magoo. And we have um... like, <clears throat> So we do have our picks here, uh, and so if this is your first time uh, listening to the podcast, first off, I'm sorry, and then second off, what we're <laughs> doing here, Magoo and I are in the William Hill College Pick'em Football Contest, where each week for 10 weeks, we pick seven games against the spread from a given list that William Hill comes out with each week. If you want to see what games we're picking from, since we're not going to touch on all of them, you can go to their website. But Magoo and I, we cashed last year, and we are in the hunt. There's two weeks left of the contest. We just locked our picks in for this week. And Ooh. if we go 5-2 and two and 5-2, and two, we're guaranteed to make some money. Um, if, we do so. better than that, if we do better than that, we could you know, possibly make a lot of money. So there's a lot at stake here, Magoo, and I feel like we went there is. boomer buff this week. <clears throat> we did, and, you know, this – I mean, this cannot be an easy week for our competitors, the people at the top. I mean, there's, no. there's not any like, oh, yeah, let's just take Ohio State again, and let's just take Oklahoma, and let's just take LSU, and let's just take Alabama to lay the points. Like, there are no easy plays that you just say, oh, yeah, just put them in and don't even worry about it. So uh, hopefully our competitors are doing are going to be really poor in picking plays this week and really square. Because, you know, you could really have backed Ohio State all year, you know, Oklahoma, like the aforementioned top seven teams, and they would be really good at covering the spread Clemson. And you could just kind of, you know, we grind all week with these plays. We are taking like Nevada versus Hawaii. We're taking all these garbage games. And, you know, we, we probably have competitors that are just like, oh, yeah, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State every week. And they're going five and two. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating to think like that's probably them. But at the same time, they don't have that luxury this week, frankly. So, no, I honestly looking up and down the card, I think Florida plus six and a half will probably be the the most popular play. I mean, 
other than that, maybe Notre Dame would be popular, or maybe Michigan, but people got burned on them so often. It's maybe tough. UNLV. The line's mm-hmm. already moved. I mean, I don't know how much the competitors are looking at line movements, but possibly. No, they're all, they're all picking their noses, man. They don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know anything. There is no – you look at all these favorites, and then it's like, oh, wait, where's my Ohio State? Where's my Alabama? Where's my Oklahoma? I don't see them. Oh, they're panicking. So we ended up with four favorites and three dogs on our card, which is a good, good balance. Mix. It's a good balance. To maybe have another dog on there, but I think we've got a good, good one. So let's go ahead and run. I'm going to save our – Magoo and I have two shaky picks this week. Um, we, yeah. we had five. That just we just two? keep on early. Yeah, no, but five of them we were on, and we were, you know, we weren't really getting off of those. And then the last two, we were kind of like, eh. but I'll go ahead and start the start off with UNLV plus nine and a half. Magoo, I think that was your favorite pick. Uh, you have anything to say about that one? Uh, the line's already down to seven, <laughs> so it, it moved below, you know, the hook, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. just Colorado State is getting a ton of credit because they beat your Fresno State Bulldogs, who you loved at 14 and a half. And Colorado <laughs> State Colorado State beat them outright in that game. So they're getting a lot of love. But this is still the same Colorado State team that lost by three touchdowns to Arkansas earlier in the year. I believe they got smoked by, I think it was like San Diego State as well. And I don't know, man. I've been following UNLV ever since they – covered the spread versus your Northwestern Wildcats, Pat's Cats. And uh, they, they're they not just a train wreck. You know, they, they crushed Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt beat Missouri. Um, but I've seen some friskiness out of them. I haven't seen a complete train wreck. They're not great on defense, but, you know, they can move the ball a little bit on offense. So nine and a half seems like the theme this week is – this team has no business laying this many points. And I don't think Colorado state has any business laying nine and a half versus any team, but like a UMass or a UConn or a speaking of UConn, I need them to cover 27 here versus Navy, but you degenerate. Uh, it's the um, only game on tonight. It's the only game to bet. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That's, that's the UNLV play. I'm trying to sell these plays of these kind of mid-major teams to you a little more. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you all there. I'm not buying um, the Colorado State turnaround off of one game. I still think there's a lot of stink on this team. They do have a good offense, but UNLV's offense has shown a little bit of more promise lately. So even if Colorado State gets up big, I think the back door is wide open. But I think there's a chance UNLV could win this outright. I think they went outright, so, actually. I mean, you don't pick a dog unless you think they can win outright. All righty. Well, let's Except move on. That, to the next. Even that Illinois pick. Anyway, that in, next pick. It's yours, yeah. right? Well, kind of. Yeah. So I'm going to go. Next pick is Memphis minus five and a half is, at yeah. college game day. And they're playing mm-hmm. the undefeated SMU. I, I just love mm-hmm. this because I know all the squares are going to be grabbing SMU. Yeah. They're going to see an undefeated team on the road getting points. And they're going to be like, what the heck? SMU is awesome. However, um, Memphis is really, really good. They've had some unfortunate gaps in some of their games that have led to losses, but overall, they're, I think, the stronger team here. S&P Plus makes this a 12.5-point spread, so we're getting seven points of value, according to them. 
Also, SMU's best playmaker is yeah. uh, out for the game, and I think that's really going to hurt him. It's it's not like when your quarterback's out and you can rally around the court, the backup quarterback. This is a receiver, so there's no like rally around the backup receiver. It, it doesn't work that way. This is going to hurt them, and uh, I just think it's a good spot for Memphis, man. It's going to be an electric crowd. They're going to be pumped. It's going to be a tough place to play. I look forward to watching this game. I look forward to walking with my feet 10 feet off of Beal. Oh, Magoo. Um, you want to go to your yeah, next you, play? Yeah, Anything you covered about- everything. I was going to say, SMU's got some injuries going on, and they're gonna, Memphis is going to be jacked up to play a undefeated team ranked ahead of them. And uh, you already covered it. This is a fade the square play. They see SMU undefeated, and SMU's probably taking care of the squares this year also, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Magoo, I'll let you do this next one. It was your pick. Um, yeah, it's my Tennessee. second favorite. I had some actual actual kind of rankings this week. But Tennessee, so we were listening Wait, to the Stucky podcast. So the line is, 11 they're laying 11 and a half at home versus UAB. <laughs> there, yeah. now go. So if you did, in fact, listen to the garbage Stucky podcast, they uh, laid out all the reasons for backing UAB. All, all this crap about Havoc and everything. But if you look at who the Havoc has been against and the offensive lines that they've created Havoc against, uh, tell me a team on this list that scares you. <laughs> you know, uh, Let me get there real quick. So Alabama State, Akron, South Alabama, Western Kentucky, who they lost outright, Rice, UTSA, an old dominion. So Man, that is, that is, far from a murderer's row. So, okay. They've created some havoc. Great. Great. But it's been against little sisters of the poor here. So I'm not taking too much into that of those stats from the UAB defense. I get it. Number two reason I like this play. Uh, the, the other fate of Tennessee is, well, they really don't care about this game. They care about conference play. Um, I would say, actually, I would go the other way and say they were embarrassed by Georgia State on their home field in Neyland Stadium. I'm afraid that UAB is going to get the brunt end of that revenge. They obviously can't get revenge against Georgia State, so they're going to do it against the other mid-major. So this is kind of a little redemption for that Georgia State loss earlier in the year. That's the other reason. And then I have just no problem, you know, with the, call it three- and four-star players against – you know, UAB's got two stars and, and you know, the you know, these mid majors, they the rest of their team is filled out by not even guys that would be called recruits, like less than two stars are just guys in high school that were like the best player on their team or like on the track team or something. So there's a big gap in talent here, even if you Tennessee is really bad. And I think the squares are like, oh, six and one against the three and five. And so they're grabbing the points of UAB. So the lines at 13 and a half, we're getting a couple of points of value. I think that goes to 14 by game time too. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I definitely see a lot of uh, signs pointing to Tennessee here. And that's why I ultimately said, okay, let's roll this. Uh, there are a few things that make me nervous. Um, UAB's coach is is good. I mean, he's definitely good. He's but solid. yeah, I, I – the selling point, though, man, you said it. UAB has played the softest schedule in FBS out of any other team uh, in the nation. I mean, it, you listed them off. It, it is poor. So this is going to be a big step up in competition. 
And the other thing you didn't mention that I like, Tennessee still has uh, bowl game aspirations. They have four games left, yeah. and they really they, they have kind of an easy path there. They're three and five, but they've got UAB, Kentucky, Mizzou, and Vanderbilt left. So they could possibly win all four of those games and go finish the season seven and five. So let's hope, you know, Tennessee's been a little Jekyll and Hyde this year. Let's hope that they found some consistency over their big win last week over SC. And uh, maybe they can were on the brunt end of that one. (laughs) Of course, of course. So, and I, you know, this bet particular, I think we're going to know right off the bat if we're, if we're in contention or not, it'll be pretty clear, I think. So, well, and and the other thing is we, there is boat race potential here with Tennessee. For sure. I don't think Tennessee's looking ahead to Kentucky necessarily either. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. They they care about this game for sure. Yeah, they they, they um, need this to make a bowl. You said it. So and UAB, of course. I mean, they are going to get UAB's best effort. They really care about this they game, are. but it, it may just not be enough. Uh, so the next game, I guess I will go down the card to Washington. The Huskies mm. are at home, getting three and a half points versus Utah, and this is just one of those games, Magoo. I think that maybe the wrong team is favored. I think Washington is not mm. getting a lot of respect here because of their two losses. Mm. Um, and what I like about this, Washington, of course, has a really good home field advantage. Uh, and I like the matchup versus Utah because the one loss Utah had was versus South Carolina. And when I look up and down Washington's team, Wait, I think – Oh, sorry, South Carolina uh, – the other USC. Southern California. Southern California. Yes, thank the you. Trojans. Yeah, <laughs> Once I once I get in a groove, you know. So yeah, Utah's one loss was to USC, and when I look up and down Washington's roster, I think that they're kind of like built like a much better version of USC. They've got much more talent at receiver. They've got a better quarterback that can hurt uh, the Utah's D- DBs. And on defense, this is going to be one of the better defenses that uh, Utah has faced. Now, of course, Utah has a really good defense themselves. But they really haven't played quite the competition that, that Washington has so far this year. So I could see this being a field goal game. And in that case, we're getting the, the hook here. Or I could see Washington running away with it. Uh, I really doubt that Utah is going to get out to a big lead and blow them out at home. So I think no matter what, we're going to be in this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see Washington running away with it per se. Uh, the QB for uh, Utah, a mobile QB, Hunt, is actually a little banged up Huntley. too. So he yeah. Huntley, Huntley's a little banged up. He's kind of limping around. So if his mobility is, you know, in jeopardy, then that's a bad thing for Utah here. Uh, Washington, if Washington had had beaten Oregon and covered that spread, then I wouldn't like this play as much. But I think. Uh, I think they're a little – I think they want another opportunity to knock off one of these big, big-time, top-ranked teams. Uh, I think they know that they really let that Oregon game get away from them. They were up 14 late in that game and uh, let it get away and let Oregon come back. And I think this is sort of their redemption game. And uh, you didn't even mention this is one of our system plays right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and also Washington's coming off a bye, so they've been stewing on that loss they for have. two weeks. 
And it's a good coach off the bye week. And Utah, on the other end, has just been crushing people. So we're really kind of doing a little bit of a contrarian play here, which yeah. I love. And, and I did love what the Stuck said. I thought they actually did make a good point about Washington having a great special teams and Utah having a suspect special teams. Special teams, if you recall, are a part of the handicap that squares do not take into account. So uh, there is that angle as well. All right, Magoo, on the, the next play on our card, Miami. I'm going to kick it over to you. This is your lock of the century. And <laughs> you have the Miami Hurricanes getting three and a half on the road versus your Florida State Seminoles. What is your cap? So, well, so we mentioned we had five. This would fall into our sixth and seventh plays on the card. However. Oh, wait. What was our fifth play then? Hold on. I'm missing this. Wait, which one was our fifth that we were going to talk oh, about? Oh, wait. Well, I think Nebraska, right? Was our uh, fifth? Well, okay. Maybe, okay, maybe Magoo and I only had four good plays this week. <laughs> oh, no. I think we had three shaky ones because this is entering shaky territory. So this would be number five. Yes, Miami, I think, is number five. Oh, no, I no, have the Nebraska, mis- let's go with Nebraska. Nebraska, we were pretty much locked on that. Go ahead and talk about Nebraska, Magoo. Nebraska minus oh, okay. two and a half. Well, this just this this is just full circle. It just makes sense. We're zero and three versus Nebraska. Oh, gosh. I I think we're just a glutton for punishment here. But mm-hmm. listen, Nebraska's got Martinez coming back. Rondell Moore is out. The line is at four. It actually uh, some sharps pounced on it. At, uh, Purdue at four. So the line bounced back to three and a half, but it still went back to that key number. What was that? And yeah. now and now I just think that uh, I think at the end of the day, we're just a glutton for punishment. We just can't wait for Nebraska to lose this game uh, and just send us home. But yeah, here we are. We're riding our our contest life is riding the hands of corn again. Oh man, I really don't know what to think. Like, I think we we might be on national TV. We might be suckers here for backing another bad. We we said we weren't going to back any more bottom of the rung Big Ten teams on a short line, and here we are. We're doing it again. We just violated our own rules, but a road team with that, a road team and. Maybe Nebraska. I don't know. Maybe Nebraska just needs to get out of Lincoln. Purdue's nothing special. We got through the key number of three. It may not matter. I think we're just we're gonna be like this is the year that we're just gonna laugh. We went zero and four at Nebraska, but I get off this game. I can't even. I can't even think about how bad this play might be. So I was like refusing to bet Nebraska again, but I've I've read a transcript of uh, Jeff Brom's press conference and it was really sad man because he was just you could it was like how are players going to get inspired by this because he was so downtrodden about all the injuries they've had he's like no more is out again and uh he was talking about all these i mean it's not just more they've got injuries on along the defense and offense and he said that there was another practice injury they had and they're not even going to release a depth chart this week because <laughs> It's so up in the air. And I was like, holy crap. And so when I read that and then I looked at the spot, it's like, okay, Nebraska, the one thing we definitely know 
They have a good offense. They can move the ball. And Purdue's with Martinez. Very yes. Well, and they moved it last week too, man. They they, they went up and down the field. They actually outgained uh, Indiana um, by a substantial amount. And that was with their second and third stringer quarterbacks playing, which is kind of crazy. So Martinez is coming back. I think that's going to give them a spark. And Purdue, I, even though Nebraska's defense is very shaky, I don't think Purdue has the playmakers to expose it. So this could be a little close early, but I think eventually Nebraska is just going to break away. and This is going to turn into a boat race. Um, I respect Brom as a coach, but I just don't see him being able to pull it with, with these players that he's got going right now. So I feel kind of good about it, to be honest, Magoo. <laughs> I think I've wow. officially gone crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're just – we love punishment with Nebraska. They're going to screw us again somehow. Listen, if Nebraska has any pride whatsoever in their entire program, the, this is a kitchen sink game. They need this game also to keep ball hopes alive. So, I mean, I mean, if they lose this – They said the exact game, same thing last week. <laughs> if they lose this game, I mean, it's over. They're not making a bowl because they're losing to Wisconsin and they're losing to Iowa. So they're out of bowl. The only game left that they'd be able to win is uh, is Maryland. So that's it. They're, that's their season. So, um, yeah, this so the, is kitchen the final, sink for them. Final thing that gives me hope for this game is that last season, Nebraska got off to an extremely poor start and they finished the season strong. And I'm hoping that maybe that's Scott Fro- Scott's Frost M.O. here and he's going to do the same this year. So, Fingers crossed. I, w- I guess I have to move down to this play now. This is our number six play, and this is Magoo's lock. So even though it's number six in stature, Magoo says there is zero chance that this will lose. <laughs> He's got hurricanes I love on it. the road. Short road trip to Florida State Seminoles getting three and a half points. Magoo, why do you like the square dog? Well, maybe the, <clears throat> maybe the square in me is remembering back to all the classic Miami-Florida games of the wide rights and wide lefts, uh, you know, where everything came down to a field goal. Let's just have another throwback to those games where a field goal by one of these teams uh, ends the game. Uh, either way, no matter who misses the field goal, we win because we're getting three and a half here with Miami. It's just Florida State laying any sort of points – of significant value is just not a good thing to do. You get them when they're catching points, I think, uh, or playing a really bad team. Miami here, they may have half the stadium of Canes fans also. And Miami, uh, while their defense, the only thing that worries me a little bit is Hornibrook starting for Florida State, but I think this game (laughs) – I can't see Florida. If Florida State gets out to a ten-point lead, I have confidence that somehow they'll blow it. Florida State will and allow Miami to at least backdoor cover this thing. I think the hook is going to come into play. I really do. So the one thing that worries me about that Miami has had some real, real struggles with their field goal kicking. They they actually are starting their third field goal kicker of the year because uh, the first two guys were not getting it done, Magoo. But actually, so I actually think that Hornybrook is a better quarterback than Blackman in most cases. But I think in this case, he the better matchup would have been Blackman because 
Hornybrook is not very mobile, and that Miami defensive line, man, they get after it. So he's going to be yeah. under pressure all day. And uh, so hopefully they're in the backfield. We get a lot of sacks. And, uh, man, Miami, they just need to get some consistency out of the quarterback position themselves because other than that, they're pretty solid. Man. They've got a really good defense. Yeah, we, so we think, we think uh, Jaron Williams is going to be an upgrade over Nikosi Perry. Yeah, but I think Perry is probably playing this this game. I, I don't know. It, either way, though, yeah. it's it's fine. I think wasn't this? Uh, where does this line stand? Is it still at three and a half, or is it? No, it's at three. It's three. Oh, okay. so we're getting a little bit of value. Yeah, we're getting the hook here. Uh, and the other thing is Miami. So Miami has to have this game to compete for the Coastal Division, whereas yeah. Florida Florida State's got no chance. It's it's Clemson. They've already. They've already lost the their division, so Miami has kind of everything to play for um, as far as the coastal division. Whereas Florida State, they do need this game for bowl eligibility, but Miami's got a little bit higher sight set than Florida State. Yeah, line's sitting at three. So I don't know, man. I just I'm making this a lot because I got that sneaking smish suspicion. We go back to. You know, I listen to these wake up war chant podcast guys, and it's just really fun to hear them um, being tormented by this Florida State team. And I can't imagine them waking up next Sunday morning and just being in a good mood. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe they are. Bad. Maybe Miami. I'm, I mean, I'm, Miami's bad at kicking. I have no problem if Miami misses the field goal to lose by three to Florida State. That works as well. Yeah, and it goes back again to like we're we're taking a team that hasn't looked that great lately versus a team that just blew out uh, Syracuse by 18 points. So you know we're doing a little bit of that zigzag theory. So hopefully when we lose off. when we lose that play, uh, we'll be like, well, Miami was a public road dog. What were we thinking? No, I'm gonna Under- say, well. Magoo is a dirty, dirty liar. His locks mean nothing. <laughs> what say. We'll see. We'll see at two thirty Central Time, or excuse me, Latvian right, so time. Are, are we going to do a, a a drum roll for our worst pick of the week? <laughs> so let's let's before we this give our wake. worst pick of the week, um, let's go over the plays that we kind of commiserated about for a potential worst play of the week. There was. Boston College getting three and a half on the road at Syracuse. I kind of like them yeah. quite a bit, actually, the more and more I thought about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe there's a pile-on theory that I was a little bit concerned about with Syracuse because they've been so poor in ACC play. But at the end of the day, Boston College, I think they've been, other than Clemson, they've been pretty damn competitive, and they've got the best player on the field in A.J. Dillon. Well, that's what I was telling you in the text was uh, was – I've noticed that teams after the Clemson blowout have been pretty good covering the spread. We saw it last week with Louisville. Um, Obviously, UNC didn't get blown out by Clemson, but they covered the spread the next week versus Georgia Tech. So there's a little something to be said about, uh, you know, the team that just looks like crap versus a great team. And maybe that's BC. I don't know. It's – it should – I mean – we could have egg on our face if we took that and Syracuse won. Syracuse is coming off a bye, I believe. No, they did. They aren't. They lost to Florida State. So they're bad, but they're also in desperation mode um, t- 
to get some sort of a win and not get embarrassed in front of their home crowd again. So I yeah. I don't know. I I do have a little regret. Maybe we should have taken the hook in Boston College, but uh, man, they they look so bad versus Clemson. They couldn't do anything. Granted, it was Clemson. I think I got rattled by they lost to Kansas at home, and yeah, it. I don't know. So let's keep going through our lanes a little bit quicker here. We we also had North Carolina, Virginia, North Carolina at home laying two and a half. They were actually on our initial card, but I think uh, you swung completely over to Virginia. I'm still kind of on North Carolina just because hmm. of uh, just because the Virginia quarterback is banged up, and if he's not mobile, I think that's going to be a big problem for them on the road in a night atmosphere at North Perkins. Carolina. But I'm happy with uh, not including this on the card. Just too many things going two different Coin ways. Just, yeah. Virginia is so zigzaggy, man. They they blow out Duke on the road, and they get beat by uh, Louisville on the road. Wait, is this Virginia's third road game in a row? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe they anyway, should consider that. <laughs> well, I do like the team's – the road weirdness, although there's movement on Virginia uh, at the line. Line's down to one and a half. So, so I don't know. The somebody, other game, somebody sees something in Virginia. So, another game we were considering was Utah State at home laying three and a half versus BYU. Um, mm-hmm. This, again, is another what, – what happened to both teams recently? Utah State just got blown out by Air Force. Uh, BYU is coming off a bye – off yeah. their biggest win of the year versus Boise State. So, I it, and then you look at the line, it's like three and a half. All the squares are going to be rushing to bet on BYU. But at the, end, at the end of the day, BYU is not a very good team. Uh, Utah State has had their struggles too. But, again, best player on the field will be the Utah State quarterback. BYU still running with their backup. And um, I, I think it's going to mean a little bit more to Utah State. So, I kind of lean this one quite a bit. It's three and a half. Peabody, or sorry, S and P Plus made it five and a half, and Jeff Sagarin made it six. So we hmm. would have been getting value as far as the stat nerds are concerned. Do you have anything else on this game? Not really. I think at the end of the day, we just uh, fading the team coming off the bye is a little tough. Uh, I just I wouldn't trust it, even though I think we're on. There is. I, I would even dare say that there could be boat race potential with Utah State. When we yeah, took them versus yeah. Nevada, I was like, oh, boy. And then they looked – they, I mean, they shredded. Granted, it was Nevada, but they shredded them. Right. right. And, yeah, I, I think people are surprised. Like, if you look at the S&P rankings, it's surprising to see how low BYU is. Like, you would think they'd probably be in, what, the 50s or 60s, but they're, like, in the 80s, 90s this year. Um, and I think, you know, we've kind of been sold a little bit of fool's gold with how – close that they played some of these big games early in the year. But um, the other game, another rivalry game that we were on initially was Kansas getting five and a half points at home versus Kansas state. Um, We went back and forth. This is a system play. This is the other reason we would like Kansas. This is a fade, the team in the first week in the top Mm -hmm. 25 play. Um, And this is also fading a team off of an emotional win. Um, there was another reason to fade him, wasn't there? I can't remember. Um, um oh, it, well, I was listening to the Stucks. They had a good point. Kansas State is not good versus the rush, and Puka Williams 
is the entire offense for Kansas. And he's a very good running back. Yeah, that he but is. yeah, you, you already said it. The first first week in the top twenty-five system play, Kansas has oh. been covering the spread like crazy. And what I mean, what else do you need to know besides every square is going to be betting Kansas State after the big win mm-hmm. over Oklahoma? And but this is a letdown spot, obviously after the emotional win versus Oklahoma. But it's still Kansas, yeah. and that's why we passed because. We bet Kansas versus TCU, and that was one of our worst losses of the year. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I, th- I have a feeling if we wouldn't have done that, we probably would be on Kansas. Yep. Uh, the other reason was reverse line movement. K-State is getting more of the bets, but the line keeps going down closer and closer to Kansas. Uh, yeah. If we were getting six and a half, I might have done it. But the other thing that scared me off – uh, Sagarin makes this a 12 and a half point spread and S P plus make it a nine and a half point spread when both of those stat, uh, yeah, when they align, that kind of worries me. So, and at the end of the day, both teams are coming off emotional wins. So this was a cross out for me at the very beginning. So I, I think it's good that we're avoiding this. Um, next one that we was in contention for our worst play of the week, Magoo, was Nevada, the aforementioned Nevada Wolfpack, playing three and a half at home versus New Mexico. It's a good matchup for Nevada. New Mexico, the only thing that they do well running is running the ball. Uh, Nevada does a decent job stopping it. And I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for Nevada going up against a soft defense. However, uh, well, and SP Plus makes it six and a half. Sagarin makes it eight and a half, so they line there. However, I'm just worried Nevada might have quit on the season, and uh, these teams are just too, too low in the power rankings to trust <laughs> either one of them. Put our con- contest stake, contest <clears throat> at stake with Nevada. Although yeah, I and- liked them a couple weeks ago versus San Jose State, and I didn't sell it well enough to you that Nevada, yeah. San Jose State, my wolf pack. Who knows? I'll probably I'll bet this game for sure uh, in La, in Latvia at the local uh, sports sports bar kiosk. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. I have one more uh, close to putting in the card, which is okay. Pat's Pat's Cats. Your Northwestern oh. Wildcat Wildcat Magoo. Line is sitting at yeah. I thought this would have weather. It is going to be really cold. It's going to be in the 30s in Bloomington. A little slight wind, a little windy, but uh, Northwestern, not bad as a big underdog, um, except for, obviously, the Ohio State debacle. Uh, Otherwise, uh, covered versus uh, Wisconsin as a big underdog. Um, Covered, I believe, versus Sparty, except uh, so now it's 12 and a half versus Indiana. Fade the team. It looked a little too good week before. They went on the road. They beat Nebraska, of course. We remember that. And uh, Pat's Cats, Northwestern. Listen, their offense can't look any worse than scoring, you know, three points a game. So, I don't know. In cold weather, favor the team with the better defense. I think that's Northwestern. However, I just don't want to back a team that can't move the ball if they get down – you know, nope. if you're gonna if you're gonna get down and and have to rely on a backdoor cover, like not happen. I'm yeah. I'm staying way away. I will say, my poor boy, my poor Binky, um, uh, what's his name, 
um, why am I blanking? The former Clemson quarterback, man, he might have lost his job because the backup for Northwestern certainly looks better uh, than uh, <laughs> the, the transfer from Clemson that I'm blanking on. Good job by you, Magoo. Hey, and I know yeah. you want to talk about Florida getting six and a half at, uh, I mean, not at the road, but Florida getting six and a half at the largest outdoor cocktail party versus Georgia. That, mm. We thought long and hard about putting Florida on our card. True, and this is like, uh, let's throw out all the re- – Florida's one-dimensional. Georgia's pissed – you know, Georgia's going to use the bye week to get everything right. Um, I think the I think the bye week, like, really helps Florida. They've got a ton of dudes coming back from defense, and uh, one of their best offensive playmakers is coming back. Receivers is coming back, and Trask is frisky, man. He's sold me. I don't really understand this line. And, but the sharps are on Georgia, and so there you go. And the public is on Florida, and that's all you need to know is stay away from this game. But uh, I still back Florida. This they have to be feeling disrespected that this line is close to a touchdown, and they're seven and one. And Georgia really hasn't shown anything that they deserve to be touchdown favorites. But I don't know, man. This uh, this was close to being a play. Throw out all the – you can run on Florida, and Georgia's just going to do that, and Florida's one-dimensional. I just – I think it's going to be a tight, tight game till the end. Yeah. So the only other game I wanted to talk about before we get to our worst play of the week was the one that we disagreed on, Magoo. And we are actually in agreement for the most part here, but – I like Virginia Tech getting 17 and a half. You like Notre Dame laying 17 and a half. Yeah. I think we can make oh. this a board bet. This may be our one and really? only board bet this week if you're interested. I'm possibly <laughs> interested. Why do you like Virginia well, Tech? Well, uh, again, bye week. Um, I, I just don't think Notre Dame has the offense to be laying a big spread like 17 and a half. I don't think they have the playmakers. And uh, yeah, I. I I trust the coach off a of bye week. I don't think Virginia Tech's as bad as people think they are. So, um, and Notre Dame, like, they have nothing to play for. Last week was it. Like, that was – they had to win that game to make the college football playoff. So, That's now they're just true. going into a regular bowl game. So, we'll see. But, net, all right, now it is time. We've rambled on long enough, Magoo. Our worst play of the week is – So, did we, did we go through all six of the other ones? We did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Our All worst right. play of the week is none other than Wake Forest at home in an 11 a.m. Central Time game laying seven and a half. We are opposite of getting the hook versus North Carolina State, Magoo. Um, I'm not sure how this happened, to be honest. but <laughs> I don't know how it <laughs> happened. I liked Vanderbilt. Stop. Vanderbilt was the other one we didn't talk about that I enjoyed. Yeah, but there's like, okay, name one reason the backhander, like football reason. I just gave it to you with a whole theme of this week, which is X team has no business laying this many points. Since when does South Carolina have any business laying 15 and a half points? I don't care that they're at home. Vanderbilt has what? a pulse. Uh, like, barely, man. Barely. <laughs> I don't know. So let's get back to this play. So Wake Forest laying seven and a half. So <laughs> we know, it's a great play. They're going to win. 
and cover. So wait, I gotta look up and see if Newman's quarterbacking here. So I think I think Newman is gonna play, but honestly, I don't really care because I've been impressed with he's their better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Newman's way better, but the backup quarterback is good too. NC State, on the other hand, they've had all sorts of trouble this year, and I don't think that the public has quite caught on yet at how bad uh, NC State actually is. True. They are. Gonna be, they're going to be starting a their third string quarterback for this game. He is a redshirt freshman, and he's getting thrown to the wolves on a road game in his first true start. He looked okay in relief last week. If you look at his stats, you say, oh, well, I threw three touchdowns, no picks, but he only completed 45% of his passes. So Wake Forest's defense is not that great. But I see this game looking a lot like, um, oh, gosh, which was the one we were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, back and like Nebraska, back and forth scoring. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the second half, Wake Forest is just going to be too much. They're going to pull away. Uh, NC State's going to get stopped a few times, but Wake Forest is not going to be stopped. And uh, I think they're going to cruise to an easy victory. I, I see him winning by double digits. Easy, Magoo. Yeah, there is. That's one reason I liked it. I, you know, the other the doppelganger to this is Pitt versus Georgia Tech. Same exact line. Wake's at home, Pitt's on the road, but I like Wake's potential to boat race NC State more, actually, oddly enough, than Pitt's boat racing potential versus Georgia Tech. Only Because I think Georgia Tech's, you know, they're getting a little bit better as the season goes along. Uh, Beat Miami outright. Um, Mm -hmm. But NC State is another nameplate, my nameplate theory. Still looks good on the nameplate. Um, but yeah, the squares haven't caught on to how bad this team is. And Wake Forest, uh, you've used the phrase, they can make a seven and a half point spread look not that large pretty quickly with their explosiveness. We'll see. We'll see. I'm still worried about that one. Uh, you know, with the pile on, are we piling on NC State here? I don't understand why Action Network. If you own Action Network is telling us that big betters and experts are both on NC State and their projections also lean that way. So that's probably not good, right? Or is it better? <laughs> or does that encourage you more? I don't put a lot of value on that. So I think we're running a little long here, Magoo. So let's do one last quick rundown of our plays this week. Our seven plays are Wake Forest at home laying seven and a half versus mm. NC State. We've got Nebraska on the road laying two and a half versus Purdue. We have, oh man, I didn't do a good job of writing. Okay, here we go. UNLV plus nine and a half on the road at Colorado State. We've got Memphis at home laying five and a half versus SMU, the undefeated SMU. We've got Tennessee at home laying 11 and a half versus UAB. We have Miami, Florida. Plus three and a half on the road at Florida State. And our last play is Washington at home getting three and a half versus Utah. Mm. I feel strangely good about this, Magoo. Five or two or better. If we get that elusive seven and oh, I don't feel feel good about this. But the only thing I do feel good about is that our competitors do not have like some slam dunk plays that have just been, they've been riding all year that have been good for them. And, they're actually going to have to actually grind and maybe cap some of these games. So, uh, hopefully, but they're one in six week. All right, man. Well, we've got we've got two early games to wake up and root for. So, let's, 
Oh, no. Let's go ahead and call it. But before we do, Magoo, I know you've got an NFL play you want to share with us. I know. I was thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out to a lead in Squareton. I was actually going to put it out there if I were going to. Should I just tell you guys my plays and be like, listen, if you want to make up ground to me, then take the opposite of my teams and hope I go on five and you can make up five games. Yeah. Or, or I get further away from y'all. But either way, it's, a, it's kind of a risk reward there. I say do it. I like the taunting nature of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I dare you guys to get one. I'll give you one here. Uh, I like the – oh, who was I looking at? Oh, I like the Dolphins oh. catching five and a half oh. versus the New York football Jets. You told me they're, they they're trying to tank. You said that they are trying to tank. Why would you all – no, they're not. They tried to win that game last week versus Pittsburgh. That's why I like them. Oh, okay. So you think the Fitz magic has given them a little bit of a spark. Yeah, and you know the other thing is I think they might be okay getting the two seed because if they get the two, the second overall pick, then there's not as much pressure because they can just take whichever one Cincinnati p- passes on between Herbert and Tagovailoa. So they can just be like, well, you know, Herbert – slash Tua was the, you know, leftovers, yeah, so we made we, the right pick. Otherwise, to, yeah, otherwise, if, like, if they pick, like, Tua first overall, <clears throat> you know, they could be screwed with that if, like, he turns out not to be good. Herbert's Same with Herbert. Awesome. And yeah, it's yeah. like, well, you guys you guys tanked the whole season and you picked the worst of the quarterbacks. So <laughs> That's a good call. I don't know. I think they want to, I think they want to lose, but they'd be okay if Cincinnati gets the number. Yeah. Win. Yeah. They've already, they've at least secured the number two pick at this point. So, you know, plus okay. they have two other picks in the first round uh, in Pittsburgh. The Steelers pick is going to be like in the top seven. Well, I am going to be on uh, the New York jets and your, your doppelganger, uh, Sam Darnold. For this game, oh my gracious, Sam <laughs> Darnold! All righty, well that's it, Magoo. Go ahead and hit him with your little saying to close out the podcast. Oh, well, you can only lose when you bet Wake Forest in the middle. <laughs> However, you can't win with UNLV either, or Nebraska for that matter. We're out. Oh 